Four o'clock, wallow in self-pity. Four-thirty, stare into the abyss. Five o'clock, solve world hunger. Tell no one. Five-thirty, jazzercise. Six-thirty, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. Seven o'clock, wrestle with myself loathing. I'm booked. Hey, cassettes, and welcome to the season eight finale of The Black Case Diaries. <laughs> I don't know uh, what that was. Uh, uh, an, an, angel, angels. Angels. <laughs> We're three old Grinches learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. Oh my goodness uh, gracious. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas 2023 came and went. And there wasn't anything we or any Grinch could do to stop it. Yep. It, it happened. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. It came just the same, right? That's right. And as the holidays come to a close, we thought it would be fitting to close out our season with an episode all about one of our holiday favorites, Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yay! Boo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked about this movie a couple of times before, but we've never given it a whole episode treatment that it rightfully deserves. No, we haven't. We have yeah. talked about it twice, I think. I think so, I, and, and it referenced right. it here and there. Yeah, yeah. and we... But we've never done a whole episode yeah. of it before, so we thought maybe it's yeah. time. Adam really likes this movie, so. Mm. Yes, this <laughs> is probably, if it's not my favorite Christmas movie, then it's definitely top three. Like, it's there. <laughs> yeah, I remember when this movie came out, and we were kids, mm-hmm. and, you know, the reception of it was pretty lukewarm among yeah. the kids yeah. that I knew. Yeah. And I remember everyone was just like, ah, the mm-hmm. original's better, or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Uh, Except yeah. for one person, um, Adam. I remember <laughs> <laughs> being in like sixth or seventh grade, and Adam would come into school, and he he would like be quoting the movie left and right, and we'd be like, okay, Adam, and he'd be like, it's better than the original, and we'd be like, Adam, Adam. you have lost it. There's, there is no way. Mean? There's no mean? way. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? It's so strange. It, it's it's honestly, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. I remember going, it was me, my older sister, and my dad. We went to the theater to see this movie. <laughs> and it's rare that my dad goes to the theater. And oh. it's even more rare that he's like laughing out loud at something. <laughs> So it was the one of the best movie experiences Aww. ever because we were everyone in the theater. Yeah. It was so everyone was laughing. Aww. It was like it. We I guess we got lucky. It was the right crowd. It was a yes. Jim Carrey fan yeah. crowd. Yeah, and I it just it had such a lasting impression. <laughs> You know, we were like, yeah, it's good. I liked it. My dad liked it. We mm-hmm. thought it was funny. My mom thought it was really funny. Yeah. And I remember, you know, it had been a couple of years since we watched it. But then we had a movie night with our friends. Yeah. It was a Christmas movie night. Oh. And Adam was like, let's watch The Grinch. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay. So we <laughs> put it in. And watching it again at that point when we were in high school mm-hmm. yeah. and everybody was there, it was like, wow, <laughs> this movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> It's so good. It, what's even crazier now, though, is I ha- I am one of those people who's like, why are they remaking movies? <laughs> Stop it. Disney's ruining everything. Why does right? it have to be live action? You know, exactly. Right? 
but but like how how did this one just totally skirt by that you know what i mean it just totally was like who cares it's just good Dr. Seuss is one of the most famous children's authors of all time. His wacky plot lines, made-up words, and iconic illustrations made his books into bestsellers. It would be hard to find a kindergarten classroom without any reference to his work, whether it's the ever-popular Green Eggs and Ham or the challenging Fox and Socks. Seuss's work was known to illustrate difficult topics in a simplistic way, a skill he perfected while working as a political cartoonist. He addressed racism in the Sneetches, environmentalism in the Lorax, and war in the Butter Battle book. But possibly Seuss's most celebrated creation is the Grinch, a lonely outcast who watches the Who's of Whoville from his isolated mountain, despising Christmas. Due to the story's popularity, it seems only natural that a film based on how the Grinch stole Christmas was inevitable. Dr. Seuss was reluctant to turn any of his books into full-length films. But at the urging of longtime friend Tex Avery, he did agree to help produce the animated special of the same name. When Dr. Seuss passed away in 1991, his widow acquired the rights to his stories. She was willing to let studios purchase the rights, with a few stipulations, of course. Just nine years later, the Grinch would make his unforgettable big screen debut. So, strap on your antlers and let's make our way down Mount Crumpet. It's time to learn how the Grinch stole Christmas. Oh, man. Yay. Oh. <laughs> or did he? So, most of you out there have probably seen a version of the Grinch. Or read the book. Or read the book. You know, a lot, it's, it's a Christmas staple at this mm -hmm. point for a yeah. lot of people. So. Uh, but we will give you a summary anyway. On the outskirts of Whoville, a creature known as the Grinch has been living in Mount Crumpet with his only friend and pet dog, Max. The Grinch has put himself in exile due to his hatred of Christmas and all things merry. He devises a plot to steal Christmas by dressing up as Santa and taking everything from the Who's and dumping it off the mountain. However, there is one Who in Whoville, Cindy Lou Who, who believes that there is good in the Grinch. This is the year that she discovers if Christmas means a little bit more than gifts. Santa, what's Christmas really about? Vengeance! Er, I mean... Presents, I suppose. <laughs> this is actually an interesting thought. I think we might have talked about this before, mm. but... Do you guys think that this Whoville on a snowflake is the same Whoville yeah. that is in the dust speck of, from Horton Here's a Who? Yeah. Right? At least in the same, yeah. like... No, I mean, it right? is. It's I think the same it's one. supposed to be the it? same Whoville, no, is right? It? It's the oh, same okay. one because it's in a snowflake because it's Christmas time. That's what gotcha. I was thinking. Because oh, yeah. it's normally a speck of dust, but yeah. because it's cold, it Just because it's cold, okay. it's like it's frozen. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I'm glad we agree. Okay. Yeah. I mean, wait, wait, what? I don't know. I just assume it's the same kind of like world, but two different, two different who Whovilles. In the mid 1960s, when Christmas TV specials were at their peak, see Rudolph, Mr. Magoo, etc., animator Tex Avery directed How the Grinch Stole Christmas, a direct adaptation of the 1957 book by Theodore Seuss Geisel. The program had very few changes from the book, the most notable being the color of the titular character, who was originally white with red eyes. 
that part actually always like weirds me out. Yeah, that the Grinch yeah. wasn't when I green. I go look at the old book and it's like, wait, why does he look like that? Did <laughs> they forget to color him? Avery and Seuss had worked together in the past on wartime propaganda, and the animator was able to convince the author to write this special. Seuss said that he took inspiration from himself to create the character after he looked in the mirror on the day after Christmas and noticed how unhappy he looked. He hoped the story would help him rediscover something about Christmas that he had lost. That's also why the Grinch is 53, like very specifically. Oh, yeah. 53 years have put up with it now. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because it was the same age that he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Seuss wrote the lyrics to the now famous song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, which was performed by Thurl Ravenscroft. The special was a massive success and launched the Grinch to icon status. For years after the initial program, the Grinch popped up in other made-for-TV movies like Halloween is Grinch Night and The Grinch Grinches the Cat in the Hat. But it wasn't until 2000 that the first full-length film adaptation of a Dr. Seuss book hit theaters. And Woo. it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to read about a lot of people uh, who disagree yeah, with you on yeah. that. No, a lot it was of a, people. It's yeah. a masterpiece. <laughs> So is the original cartoon. Uh, yeah. Okay. Some would say the original's better. Yeah. But they're a both, lot of people. They're would. both fantastic. Most. Most people. Here's I'm, what it is. Here's, I don't... <laughs> here's here it is. It's the meme of the two muscly arms grabbing. Right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. One mm -hmm. arm says the original cartoon is better. The other one says the live action 2000s movie is better. And in the middle where they hold hands, it says we both hate the the. New animated one. <laughs> Producer Brian Grazer, co-founder of the production company Imagine, really pushed for a full-length film centered around The Grinch. When it came time to decide on a director, the name Tim Burton was tossed around. Burton reportedly met with producers and had a darker vision for the film, but a scheduling conflict kept him from directing the movie. Of course, the other founder of Imagine, Ron Howard, would ultimately be the one to direct the film. It's interesting. This feels like a Tim Burton movie, anyway. Yeah, sorta. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like a live action. I could see how this would be version. Tim Burton esque. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit twisted take mm -hmm. on this. Yeah, it, it helps that the Doctor Seuss style has always been very whimsical and yeah. like no straight lines anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So it and then the man didn't own that. a ruler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then translating that into live action, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, like put it side by side with a Tim Burton, you know, they yeah. look very similar. Yeah. Howard had a very clear vision of what the film would be. He wanted it to be an adaptation of the original book and an adaptation of the 1966 TV special. He also wanted the film to seem as much like a live action cartoon than anything else. He even brought on animators to help storyboard, which added a lot of great visual gags to the film. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it has a lot of over the top <laughs> stuff to it that yeah. is very cartoony. Much of the final vision of the film is owed to Don Peterman, the cinematographer. Peterman had worked with Ron Howard before, and they both wanted the film to have bold colors and an off kilter vibe. The camera work in the movie is quite aggressive as the camera is constantly moving throughout the story. Don Peterman was the cinematographer for Men in Black and Flashdance, as well as other films. 
See, this was a bold, creative choice. Yeah. To have the camera move constantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some people cannot watch this movie. Yep. And yeah. it's because the camera is constantly moving. Yeah. It makes them sick. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Like my friend Sarah, for example, she told me, she said, I cannot watch that movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. Yep. As somebody who gets motion sick very easily. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, I don't feel that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's odd. Yep. I never noticed until they pointed it out. And I was like, oh, now I see yeah. it. Now I see it. Once she pointed time. it out to me, yeah. uh, I was like, whoa, I almost kind of can't watch yeah, this movie now. There were now some that you scenes where it was yeah. like, Ooh, you okay, can't unsee nope. <laughs> it once you know. <laughs> Filming occurred on 11 different sound stages in Universal Studios. It took about five months to film the movie during which Jim Carrey wore the Grinch costume 95 times. Oh, oh that's a lot. <laughs> oh, God. Too much. Oh, that's the one. Guy. That's yeah. the one thing about this movie that I'm like, ooh, uh-huh. yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, you did it. Yep. Thank you. Yes, we, we appreciate it. <laughs> Adam, thanks you for your service, Mr. Carrey. Yes. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> yep. Immensely yep. thankful. All the joy that you brought. Yes. <laughs> Even just Adam. <laughs> Seriously, but I totally get like hearing about how difficult that yeah, must have been. Process. I couldn't possibly. Yeah. The screenplay was written by the writer slash producer duo of Peter S. Seaman and Jeffrey Price. The pair also wrote Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Last Holiday. Dang. Hey. Some good stuff. Very cool, yeah. Production designer Michael Kornbleth did a lot of research about Susian architecture before designing the sets for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He discovered that Dr. Seuss was a fan of the designs of architect Anthony Gaudi and that his work had the same whimsical nature of Seuss's illustrations. So the buildings in Whoville are modeled after Gaudi's work. Cornblythe sets also didn't have any right angles. Yeah. They're all... (laughs) Everything's curved. Everything's (laughs) curved and leans weird. Yes. It looks like it's not going to stand up. (laughs) But it's fine. I mean, it it looks so good for a Dr. Seuss movie. Yeah. It does. Like, even (laughs) even all the windows on the house are just like... Yeah. Why would you make the glass like that? Yeah. (laughs) But that's that's Whoville. I love it. Every piece of the production was run through a Seussometer, meaning that all of it had to reflect the ideal image of a Dr. Seuss story. This included the clouds and the trees. Yeah. I mean, they really worked so hard to make mm-hmm. it look. And that's the thing is that, you know, it's probably what made the movie so good. Yeah. Was it this attention to detail? <laughs> so it really looks like the, the book or the mm-hmm. special kind of come to life. Mm-hmm. Set decorator Meredith Boswell was nominated alongside Michael Kornblythe for her work making the sets come to life with lots of color and imagination. Property master Emily Ferry said that many of the objects in Whoville were created specifically for the movie, from Bakelite and celluloid. Some props were pieces found at thrift stores that had been taken apart to create something new. Creating Whoville was a daunting task, and production considered using CGI to create most of it. No! Uh, But instead, yay, they went with a mixture of practical and visual effects. The scene that I picture that yeah. is the mo- feels the most real to me okay. is the morning after the Grinch 
had st- stolen everything. Yeah. yeah. Right? All the Who's wake up and they're looking around yeah. the town and mm-hmm. and remember he hooked the mayor's bed to the cop car yeah. and he gets dragged through the city and they're all there in the town square like, invite the Grinch, destroy Christmas. Christmas. He's yeah. like, you know. But that's that town around them, it's all there's no lights, it's just yep. the, the morning light and snow. And it's like, dang, that is so real. Yeah. E- even though it's all shut down and like kind mm-hmm. of dingy looking, it yeah. still looks real yeah. because it is. And it, but it's like because <laughs> they built it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's so good. It's like you, you really feel that they're in Whoville. Yeah. Like because yep. because yeah. if it were CG, if it were a CG backdrop, it would probably still be too kind of like I don't know over the top. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. when it's supposed to be in yeah. this state of sadness because they think christmas is gone yeah you know digital domain created the visual effects in the film including the opening shot with forty thousand cgi trees you didn't want to build (laughs) forty (laughs) thousand i think they passed on that (laughs) around the physical sets were blue screens so that the digital matte paintings could be composited into the backdrop later on There were over 600 special effects used in the film. In some shots, there were CG characters added to fill the space. One scene included 200 computer-generated Whos with no live people. Wow. The most important part of making Whoville into a real place was, of course, the Whos themselves. The sound stages were packed with actors that all had to attend special classes to learn how to be a Who. (laughs) Cirque du Soleil performers appeared in the film to perform acrobatic stunts much like the ones that the Who's performed in the 1966 cartoon. Yeah, you see them doing all these jumps and spins and things. Wacky stuff, and you see some on big stilts and like... Yeah. Yeah, it feels very circusy. Yeah. The makeup and prosthetics worn by the Whoville actors was created by the legendary special effects makeup artist Rick Baker who found it a challenge to design the look of the Who's. Even Dr. Seuss himself wasn't quite sure if the Who's were insects, animals, or humans. Mm -hmm. Baker did a lot of testing until he perfected the image of the Who's, humanoid creatures with some exaggerated features like large ears and rounded noses. Rick Baker knew that he didn't want to put any actor through something that he hasn't experienced himself. So he tried the Grinch makeup on himself before putting it on Jim Carrey. Oof. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And he didn't realize how and awful was, it was. Yeah, he was like, you're going to have to wear this every day. Every day. <laughs> oh no. To start the makeup process, the skin was cleaned. Then a protective coating was applied to preserve the skin. Appliances were then glued on with a medical adhesive, with each piece being glued on separately. Then a special makeup type paint was used to make the skin the same color as the appliance. The artists used layers of color to make the final skin tone appear more real. After that, the hair was applied. Mm. So layers Man. and layers. Yes. And layers. And so much hair. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is why your regular Grinch costume doesn't look good. It looks yeah. scary. Right, because they don't do this. They don't do all this crazy stuff. (laughs) Each of the Who characters had a foam rubber nose, except Cindy Lou Who, and some had fake ears and dentures. 
I love the joke when the mayor says yeah. she hasn't even grown into her nose, nose. yet. Yeah, they, po- <laughs> they point it out. It's really good. <laughs> Hairdresser Gail Ryan gave the Who's their over-the-top hairdos. She drew up the designs for the wigs ahead of time. Those are so wigs? Smart. That's it's... not their real hair? <laughs> oh, well, my God. Imagine Im- Shattered. Imagine the amount of, like, hairspray and stuff oh they would have to do to yeah. get them to ju- just stay up, let alone be in the crazy <laughs> patterns oh and stuff. And how much time that would oh take, Oh, my gosh, too. yeah. Designer Rita Ryak was nominated for an Oscar for her costume designs in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. She also had a background in animation, which translated well to the wild and wacky clothing seen in the film, like the incredible eggnog hats that Cindy Lou Who's family wears. <laughs> I, they're dressed as like a picnic, basically. Yes. They, yeah. They're covered in stuff, like food, plates of food is stuck to them. They have <laughs> drinks like as hats. Yeah. It, they, it's a great look. It's awesome. They all match it. perfectly. Yeah. It's it's awesome. It's yeah. fantastic because yep. it looks like it's swashing around mm-hmm. everything. Too. Yeah, it's like there's yep. actually yep. drinks in there in there because yeah. yep. it's it's I think it's implied that Cindy Lou Who's mother like does everything yeah. DIY right. Yeah. She's uh, yeah. making all this stuff. She's yeah. hand putting up the lights on her house yep. and like all oh, these yeah. things she's doing without technology yep. or help. Right. Yeah. So it's like she actually took real things from yeah. the kitchen and stuck them to <laughs> clothes. So yeah. it's wonderful. She's, uh, how do you say, keeping, trying to keep up with the Joneses or something, whatever. Yeah. 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 When Audrey Geisel agreed to let the filmmakers adapt her late husband's book, she had some stipulations about the title character. She insisted on a big name, and she wanted to personally meet the actor before they were cast in the part. While actors like Jack Nicholson and Eddie Murphy were briefly considered for the part, director Ron Howard always had Jim Carrey in mind. Um, (laughs) huh. You imagine a Jack Nicholson Grinch? What? I think maybe maybe Eddie Murphy would have been closer. Yeah. But yeah. Audrey met with Carrey while he was filming *Man in the Moon*, a biopic about comedian Andy Kaufman. Jim Carrey was deep in character as Andy, but he was able to pull off a convincing audition for Audrey, and she agreed to let him play the part. He's so interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. in in the way he'll dive into a character like that. Yeah. I know a lot of actors and actresses do it where they'll really get into character. Like Method. some of the best ones do that. Yeah. yeah. But like... To the point where he's just Andy, mm-hmm. you know, he's just being Andy Kaufman all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. so odd. So then when he, yeah. Jim Carrey yeah. is Andy Kaufman doing an impression of Jim Carrey auditioning for The Grinch. Wild. So many layers. That's how complicated that yeah. was. Yeah, and they had to like warn her beforehand. Yeah. Yes. They were like, hey, he will be Andy. Like you will yeah. be meeting with Andy. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> is so funny. They had to do that. Yeah. You know, I watched a documentary about him doing that movie, <laughs> doing Man <laughs> in the Moon, and uh, he said in the documentary that he only chooses roles that reflect the way he feels at that time. Interesting. He personally has a connection to. Yeah. So watching him play the Grinch, <laughs> knowing that, yeah. is one of the funniest things ever. Yeah. You think about, I mean, just the attitude of the Grinch, yeah. and just all of that's like he's really feel this is yeah. this is real yeah. to yeah. him. I mean, he felt like yeah. an outsider. Yeah. Hate, 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 double hate, <laughs> loathe <laughs> entirely. <laughs> so whatever the reason, 
his heart or his shoes, he stood outside his cave, hating the Who's. Alphabetically. Art Barkian, Abacanesia Who? I hate you! Jim Carrey was a huge star in 2000, having starred in several hit films in the 90s. He not only brought star power and legitimacy to the role, he also contributed much of his own jokes. Oh. I think they yes. considered crediting him as a third writer. So, it's so good. So many good lines. <laughs> yeah. Carrie sat through 8.5 hours of makeup and costume to transform into the green creature we see on screen. He likened the experience to being buried alive in prosthetics and yak hair. In an interview with Graham Norton, Jim Carrey revealed that he was incredibly uncomfortable and learned special techniques on how to withstand torture. Carrey smoked as much as possible on set to cope with the pain. He had to use a long cigarette holder so that his bodysuit wouldn't catch fire. It's like a Corella DeVille type thing. So funny. Yeah. I look, here's the thing. And he's, and he's doing it in character, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's I don't know if I saw any pictures of it. I doubt there they has took, to be, right? They, that's that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. I want one. Yes. <laughs> I, like I would get like, that like I, that could be framed, yeah. right? I feel ter- I feel terrible for him having to go through this because that's yeah. that's rough. Yeah. But seriously, if there was a photo somewhere <laughs> of him with that long thing in his mouth and him with just his hands like this, yes, with that big old Grinch yeah. belly, that yeah. is shit's going on my wall today. <laughs> I will print. I will get a Maybe poster of that. Hidden. It's gotta exist. Yeah. That there would has be, to be. There has to be so good. If that doesn't exist, maybe I'll have to draw it. Yeah, myself. draw it. There you go. Draw it. It's just like. Yeah, I can picture. Yeah, it I can too. picture. Yeah, yeah and it would just really like, funny. and then it at the bottom it just says, like smoking. That's pretty good. I love it. There you go. Cut print. Let's go. I was going to say something like, I hate Christmas, but that's way better. (laughs) Taylor Momsen was only eight years old when she played Cindy Lou Who. She had a good working relationship with Jim Carrey, as he also had a young daughter at the time and was great with kids. There wasn't anything that Jim Carrey or the Grinch could do to scare Taylor, just like in the film. Momsen went on to play Jenny Humphreys in Gossip Girl, but she later left acting to start a music career. Her experience recording Where Are You Christmas for How the Grinch Stole Christmas was her first experience in a studio. I know in this one, they specifically wanted something that brought together her view and the Grinch's view and showed that they're like kind of the same. Ah. The fact that they both were like, why is Christmas about presents like is they're that what really christmas feeling is? It, yeah. yeah they're not really feeling yeah. christmas and so it was actually james horner that was like why don't you make it a song yeah and so then that's kind of how the where are you christmas oh. came from yeah, yeah is because it was trying to show that parallel of like yeah you know, that she's also that she's also questioning kind of a grinch too yeah because <laughs> she's not into christmas she's yeah. a she's a grinch that's participating yeah, yeah. instead yep. of being an outcast yeah yeah, <laughs> we're that. I mean, that's the truest. I think we're all Grinches that participate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christine Baranski played Martha May Houvier, the love interest for both the Grinch and the Whoville Mayor. She's a she's a prolific TV and film actor who has appeared in shows like The Good Wife and The Big Bang Theory, and she's also appeared in Chicago and Mamma Mia. Yes, yeah. she's yep. very good. She is mm. so good, and. Yeah. <sighs> 
Oh my gosh, she's perfect as this character. <laughs> uh, she's so funny. Oh yeah. She's naturally yeah. able to just kind of make everyone else on screen feel inferior and it's <laughs> yeah. it's incredible. Like she's it's just amazing. so good at yeah, it. Like, trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's so funny. Isn't this antique darling? It's handcrafted and almost a hundred years old. Are you impressed? This, however, is new. Speaking of Mayor Augustus Mayhew, Jeffrey Tambor plays him. Tambor is probably best known for playing George Bluth Sr. on Arrested Development. The assistant to the self-centered and antagonistic mayor was played by Ron Howard's brother. Aww. Oh, so man. He's great. He's just a little side thing. Yes. But he has some great moments, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like... <laughs> they're panicking. The, yeah. the Grinch is ruining the hubilation, right? Everything's mm-hmm. going wrong. He's like, do something. He's like, okay. And he goes and just shaves the middle of his head. <laughs> just so like that, the Grinch so did to head. the mayor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's his first thought to match the mayor. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, it makes sense for the character. Be, because the most important thing to the mayor is like, how he's viewed mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. what he yeah. looks like and you yep. know the things that he has so the fact that yeah his assistant was like oh i need to match how he looks yeah, then yeah. to make it it's, it's cool real that's it's hilarious <laughs> josh ryan evans played the young version of the grinch evans was 18 at the time and was a terrific young actor that is most well known for being on the soap opera passions he unfortunately passed away in 2002 from complications caused by a congenital heart condition. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't. I didn't know that. That's a. That's a bummer. It yeah. is. It's a super big bummer. Yeah. Former SNL comedian Molly Shannon played Betty Lou Who, Cindy Lou Who's mother. Just one year before How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Molly appeared in Superstar as the lead role. She's also done a lot of voice work recently, including the show Bob's Burgers, where she plays Millie, Louise's creepy frenemy. Hey. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> she's hilarious yeah. in this movie. I love her very much. She's she's just this trying her hardest to be Christmassy and merry, but you can tell that she's just not. Yes. Yeah. She just wants to beat Martha May and be (laughs) done with it. Yep. (laughs) She's tired. She's tired of living up to Martha May. Yep. I mean, Martha May Huvier. Like, yeah, like everyone oh else's last gosh. name, which is Who. <laughs> yeah, and she yeah, gets this yeah. grand this special name. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. when when the mayor proposes every year, yeah. when he's you know, when I watch it and he's like, mm-hmm. "What do you want? Do you want to be Mrs. Augustus May Who?" And mm-hmm. I'm like, "And give up Huvier? Yeah, Absolutely like, uh, not. Uh, yeah, no way, dude. And, and you can't like it wouldn't work to hyphenate no. these last names. Huvier. Yeah, it's like what." <laughs> May who Huvier. It doesn't sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's too long I of a guess name. Not. Broadway actor Bill Irwin played Lou Lou Who, Cindy's father. Irwin is known for playing Mr. Noodle, a character that appears in the Elmo's World segments of Sesame Street. Oh. Mr. Noodle. Oh, oh man. I I saw that and I was like, oh my god, Mr. Noodle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
He's also had roles in Interstellar as well as Lady in the Water. Wow, what a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah, do pretty... not match no. very well. Yeah. He's also in Sister Act 2. Oh, he's, she is. He's one of the brothers that's like real goofy and like floppy oh. and dancing around. And like if I could, once I found out he was in it, I, I pictured the character immediately. Like I knew wow. exactly nice. who it was. Yeah. But yeah. And finally, we have acclaimed actor Anthony Hopkins, who narrated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. His voice has a similar tone to Boris Karloff, who narrated the original 1966 special, which gave the film a familiar feel. Hopkins is an Oscar-winning actor known for roles in The Silence of the Lambs and Westworld, as well as many more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> a, big, a lot. That's, that's a big a name for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I would have been totally okay if they did more yeah. of his narration because yes. that's one thing that the original has over mm-hmm. this one is yeah. it yeah. feels more like the book, like the story right. yeah. because of how much narration there is. Yeah. But I think it has a good amount in this one. Yeah. You know, especially while he's doing the christmas stealing there's there's more in that moment i love that Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i remember being so nitpicky as a kid when we watched that scene it was like a crumb that was even too small for a mouse mouse. and he just takes the mouse he picks up the mouse instead (laughs) of the crumb yeah Uh, like what he's supposed to take the crumb (laughs) yeah but yeah but i would have been i would have liked even more i would have been totally okay with because he's done such a good job i love the way he sounds in this. And it's yep. like, yeah. And the, the, the Grinch talks to him, breaks the fourth wall yes. a little bit. Then he stuck his head out of the fireplace flue. A little more stealth, please. With the little old stockings all hung in a row. These stockings, he grinned, are the first thing to go. Just a quick <laughs> moment, but it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about the music. Oscar-winning composer James Horner had the difficult task of balancing Jim Carrey's hilarity with an emotive score. The stage where the score was recorded was close to the size of a basketball court. Horner's crew decorated the stage with a beautiful tree with presents underneath. This is something Horner would do for his other movies, too. The team also decorated the stage when Horner composed the score for The Perfect Storm with ships and plastic diving figures. That's yeah. awesome. That is really cool. <laughs> to kind of create the ambiance. Yeah, it gets yeah. you in the mood for that, yes. that music That's and that awesome. story. Yeah. Typically, it took Horner about six weeks to write a film score. He would do this with pen and paper at a desk. When asked about it, he said, I don't use a computer in writing at all. I'm sort of old-fashioned about it. <laughs> whatever nice. works works oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly obviously he, yeah. put, he put out bangers yes. so he didn't need so computers good. yeah the sound of the who's instruments was very important to the story in the original the grinch names off a list of fantastical music devices that the who's used to make noise 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 <laughs> horner and his team created new instruments made of objects like plastic hoses to create odd sounds that a whoville band would have yeah. So wacky and wonderful. Cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he probably had so much fun doing probably, that. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's, and that's one of my favorite parts of the original, too. Mm-hmm. It's just the weird, like, complete out there, nobody else would think this stuff up kind of, kind of yeah. stuff. 
Lyricist Will Jennings, who also penned the lyrics for Titanic's My Heart Will Go On, co-wrote Where Are You Christmas with James Horner and Mariah Carey. Some sources say Mariah Carey was supposed to sing a longer version of the song to play on the soundtrack and during the film's credits, but that her now ex-husband worked at Sony, who wouldn't allow her to sing on a soundtrack for a competing studio. <laughs> oh, what? Wow. Why? Holding her back. Seriously. Carey's official statement has always been that she didn't have time to record the song. Yeah, that's that's sure. what that's what Mariah Carey says. So, so all right, that's what we gotta believe. Yeah. Taylor Momsen, as Cindy Lou Who, sings the song in the film, while country music artist Faith Hill sings the version playing in the credits. Yeah. Yeah. This yep. is the one that, rare, like every once in a while, I would hear. I'll hear it on the radio. Yeah. Around this time, and it's that one. Yeah, it's usually the Faith Hill one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my sister sang it at a Christmas pageant. I remember oh, that. Oh, very yeah. nice. It's not here yep. on the dock, but it did no, happen. No, but it did happen, yeah. <laughs> well, how can I believe it if it's not written? If it's in. not in the dock, it's not real. <laughs> Alongside the theatrical score, the soundtrack for the film included several songs written and recorded by popular artists of the day. Some of them appeared in the film, like Christmas is Going to the Dogs by Eels. <laughs> But some of the songs didn't make it into the final cut of the movie, like Grinch 2000, performed by Busta Rhymes and Jim Carrey. If you've never heard it, you absolutely need to check it out, as well as the other songs on the soundtrack. It's... Yes. Absolute mayhem. (laughs) Here at the BCD, we have already declared it an official bop. Yeah. Certified bop. A certified bop. So... You know, so good. (laughs) But there's a lot of really good songs on that record. There's a song by Smash Mouth. Yeah. Bare Naked Ladies. I mean, all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. on that soundtrack. It's really interesting. It's a great (laughs) time capsule for 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Year 2000 music. I I will say, though, I. Year 2000. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I genuinely like Christmas is Going to the Dogs. Yeah. When Mm -hmm. that song pops up in the movie, I'm like, ah. Yeah, because it sounds so good, and it's I love that Max is dancing to it and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's really good because yeah. secretly Max loves Christmas, but he yeah. doesn't want Shit. he doesn't want his owner to know because, <laughs> because he still cares about him. Yeah. Right, right. Oh no. Oh boy. Is it reception time. Yeah. Oh, boy. oh it's time to find out how much everybody hated this movie. Yep. Oh no. Crush no. Adam so. <laughs> Do you enjoy my pain? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yes, it is time to talk about reception. Oh boy! Upon its release, How the Grinch Stole Christmas did not do well critically. The film maintains a forty-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes and two out of five stars from Roger Ebert. In his review, he disliked the overall dark look of the film, calling the red of the Santa suit even a grungy red. Whatever. (laughs) It's not like we care about his thoughts. His opinion was that it was not much fun, and he guessed that children would be confused and dislike the film. Other critics felt that the film was simply too adult. The two things that critics seemed to love were Jim Carrey's performance and James Horner's score. Well, well, (laughs) at least you can be right about that, I guess. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, I mean, I think they were kind of wrong. A lot of kids did like it. Yeah, yeah. However, audiences seem to share a different opinion. 
With a budget of roughly $123 million, the film made a worldwide gross of $346,524,444 during its theatrical run. Beauteous. Not bad. Take that, critics. <laughs> <laughs> the critics are not always right. Yeah, nope. Yes. Rick Baker and Gail Roll Ryan won an Oscar, a BAFTA, a Saturn Award, and a Hollywood Makeup and Hairstylist Guild Award for Best Hair and Makeup. Rita Ryak won a Satellite Award and a Costume Designers Guild Award for Best Costume Design. James Horner won an ASCAP Film and Television Music Award, as well as a Saturn Award for the film's score. But most importantly, Jim Carrey and How the Grinch Stole Christmas both took home Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award blimps for Favorite Actor and Favorite Movie, respectively. Hell yeah. Yay! The kids win in the end. Dude. <laughs> well, they thought they everyone's big criticism was that kids wouldn't like the like movie. It, but Wrongo. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wrongo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. Saturn Awards, of course. Yeah. They're, yes. they're great. But love the Kids' Saturn. Choice Awards, dude, I would put that <laughs> I would put that right next to my Oscar. Like, yeah. like you know, if I had a bunch of yeah. awards, like that would be right with them. It's hard to be hip with the kids, huh? <laughs> yeah. Adam probably voted that year. Yeah. You know what? I probably, <laughs> probably did. did. I voted a lot. Did. I voted too. Yeah, back then you had to vote on the phone. Oh you my had to gosh. call. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. I never really got that experience. Well, well yeah. it wasn't oh, that well. exciting. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of beep, beep, beep. And you then... know what? I think I got that at the beginning of American Idol when they first started. Oh yeah, there American you go. Idol. Yeah. Right, or there some, you go. something like that. So there the experience go. is still Yeah. 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 All right, we're going to move on to fun facts. Fun oh, facts. They're I'm, fun. <laughs> I'm hoping that these aren't soul-destroying, too. <laughs> the film was a family affair as members of both Ron Howard and Brian Grazer's families appeared briefly in the film. Grazer's brother is the yodeler, and Howard's father, wife, and daughter appear near the end of the film. Ah, nice. Yeah. And as we said earlier, his, uh, the... Brother. His brother is, yeah. Mm, The, yes, assistant, so... The film was mostly done in sequence, which we all know is not usually common. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) rare. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. In order to better understand what Jim Carrey was going through, Ron Howard sat through the entire makeup and costume process for one day of filming. Jim Carrey was reportedly upset when he saw Howard because he assumed it was a stunt double that looked nothing like him. (laughs) Oh. He was like, what is this? That is hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. In one scene, the Grinch pulls away a tablecloth covered in dishes. He was supposed to make a big mess, but Jim Carrey pulled the cloth quickly enough that nothing on the table moved. Because of this, Jim Carrey came back to the table and knocked all the glasses over with his hands. And that's the take that's in the movie. Yeah. It's better. I agree. It's so funny. It's so good. <laughs> like he did too good a job, so he had to it, go back and mess it up. It was perfect. And, and what a brilliant bit of improv to go back and <laughs> to do that. To go back and do that. And not just go like, ah, oh, shoot. I we got to take, take we, it again. We got to do it again. Yeah. He went yeah. back and just pushed it off and flipped the table. <laughs> It's glorious. It's it's like you can't write it better. Yes. It's yeah. such a good moment. One of my favorite moments in the whole movie. 
It's so smart. It yes. is. It was so smart for him to turn around and go back. Yes, exactly. And just knock them all that off. That perfect cloth table trick. Yeah. Like it looks. It's such a perfect moment that the, it's like. Well, they had that had to have been what they intended to do. Yeah. yeah. Like there are magnets yep. underneath to make it or work perfectly. Right. Yeah. Nope, nope. It was just pure perfect coincidence. <laughs> he just happened. I mean, just he did the trick, man. Yeah. yeah. He did it. The tablecloth trick. Man. A shelter dog named Kelly is credited as playing Max, but six different dogs played the Grinch's canine companion. The other dogs' names were Chip, Topsy, Stella, Zelda, and Bo. Mm -hmm. Each dog had a special trick, like scooting along the ground. The dogs also had to wear fake floppy ears to appear like Max. Yeah. I think it's so sweet. It was so great, so smart that they did not make a CG dog as Max. Oh my gosh. And it, yeah. And I love that they chose to use shelter dogs. Yeah. Like these were dogs, like they just like Hollywood Humane is what it's called, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. And yeah, they each did little things. And so there's a part near the end where one of them scoots away, Mm -hmm. you know, on the butt. Like that that dog was specifically trained to do that, you know. Yeah. And the other dog, like, this one's a good barker, and this one's a good, you know. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. James Jim Ritz is the one who gets the Grinch breath in his face at the beginning. Oh, God. He is a dear friend of Ron Howard's and was a writer for Happy Days. Aww. Yeah, I love how he kept in <laughs> in communication yeah. with some of the old yeah. people from Happy Days. He he, and stuff. he was like a he was like a barker on the street. He was trying to get yeah. people into the yep. into yep. the shop and he's stopped the Grinch is like, Hey, you know, I can't remember exactly what he says. Yeah. Like I can't let you through until you go in and buy a thing. Mm-hmm. And he goes <laughs> right into his face. He passes out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. At the London premiere, Queen Elizabeth II herself appeared. The premiere was also a benefit for the Cinema and Television Benevolent Fund. It is now currently the film and TV charity. Is that yeah. the new name for it now? That is or the new name for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Benevolent Fund is too much, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was too much. But yeah. That's hilarious that the Queen <laughs> came out to see the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think she would have gone to see it if it wasn't for charity? <laughs> uh, probably not, unfortunately. No. Isn't it funny to imagine her sitting there Loving watching it. this? Watching, yeah. <laughs> watching him. Dinner with me? I can't cancel me. <laughs> 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 Four o'clock, stare into the abyss. <laughs> I, <laughs> some of the some of the best scenes in the whole movie are when he's alone, mm-hmm. de- dealing with himself. Yeah, he's just in the cave. Yeah, he's like he talks to his echo. He's, yes. he eats glass. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just eating because I'm bored. <laughs> it's it's so oh, brilliant so it's, these are some of the best these are some of my favorite movie quotes of all yeah. time and they come from a ridiculous christmas movie oh, it's so yeah. i can't help it yeah. <sighs> so do you guys have any other thoughts about this movie because i could talk about it for hours yeah i mean like you said you could just recite i the whole could movie. go through the whole movie Practically word for word, <laughs> if you wanted to. So I, I don't think there's. I'm getting a time, no from but... you guys. I can just tell. So, <laughs> but I clearly I love this movie to death. Probably my favorite Christmas movie. I may just have to one day say that it is. Yeah. 
but dang klaus is real good too so (laughs) i i love it very much i loved it from the beginning jim carrey is one of my favorite actors Mm -hmm. out there he's so good in all the movies he's done whether it's over the top ridiculous like Mm -hmm. the grinch or ace ventura or something a little more heartfelt like truman show Mm -hmm. so it it has all of the top things for me it's like it's it's a movie that was made for me kind of yeah it's yeah so basically i love it to death yeah i mean it's so funny and as you grow up watching it it just gets better and better yeah each each year each time it's like oh my gosh yes yeah i watch it usually a few times every year Mm -hmm. yeah every christmas season uh my husband Jacob loves it a lot. Yeah. Um, I remember one year we watched this movie and <laughs> it got to the part where Oh no. <laughs> sorry. It got to the part where <laughs> they're judging he's judging the Who Pudding contest oh, yeah, in the yeah. Hoobalation. <laughs> they're all just shoving pudding into his mouth. <laughs> and the one old man goes, This is not pudding. <laughs> like, what is it? Jacob, <laughs> I think he cried for <laughs> 10 so straight hard. minutes. Oh, he was, it was, I mean, he just could not put it. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Too late. It's in his mouth. Yep. <laughs> oh, they go, they move on to the fudge. Oh, and he yeah. just looks at and he's like, no. And they just shove it in. <laughs> they like pinch his nose yeah. to open his mouth. <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes from this movie too is when they do the sack raise. It's, yeah. No yeah. child can defeat the Grinch. The Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I beat you. <laughs> oh. oh my god! It. Oh, the, the, don't they use? Uh... <laughs> Don't they use the chariots of fire yes, music they in that? Yes, they do. The they use the actual chariots of fire oh. music. It is. It's just one. It's just nonstop joke after joke. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Incredibly quotable. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what if it's a cruel prank? What if it's a cash bar? And I love the speech he gives, you know, when he has yeah. that big moment where he's like, you know, you guys are just all you care about is commercialism yep. and gifts. Yeah, and I yeah. know that because you send all your crap to me and mm-hmm. i see yeah. all of it you, you know, know what happens to your gifts they all come to me yeah. in your garbage <laughs> you see what i'm saying <laughs> that is a that is a real good speech yeah it's this whole moment where he's yep. like i've had it yes yep. it's just too yep. much mm-hmm. that's yeah. his where are you christmas <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean pretty much yeah yeah one other part that gets my family laughing every single time especially my younger sister Haley. yeah just one line where he's at the jubilation and they're like, we have a surprise for you. They raised you. They, you know, these two old, the two old ladies come out. I was like, Oh, we missed you. And he goes, are you two still living? (laughs) (laughs) They crack up at that every single time. That was one that my mom thought was very funny. Yeah. I remember when, when he said that and Mm -hmm. she just burst out laughing. Yeah. That's so good. Oh my god, I. <laughs> but yeah. Oh man. But this yep. is a good one. This is it a is. great, fun holiday movie. You know, I love it. I just, I, it's always cheered me up. I remember when I was in the hospital one Christmas, and my sister yeah. brought it in, <laughs> brought in a laptop, and had me watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really sweet. It's a really sweet movie, and it is. 
The music is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. It will always put you in the Christmas mood, the the opening theme. Yeah. And just the James Horner scores. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you remember at the beginning, or well, the first time we get to the mountain, after he wraps Cindy Lou Who and scares mm. her and everything? Yeah. He goes up there and he's like getting into his robe and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, oh man, we great work, Max. We you know did a great. <laughs> we scared the bejeebers out of that little girl at the oh. post office. And he goes, well, she'll be scarred for life if we're lucky." <laughs> 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 and then he takes his socks off and they squeak away. Oh yeah. yes, the squeak away <laughs> was really fun. That must have been one of those little gags that the storyboard. Oh yeah, came I with. bet yeah. for sure no. a cartoon yeah. gag. Absolutely, because like r- regular storyboarders would not have thought about yeah. that. Like yeah, one hundred percent a cartoon. Been, yeah, yep. yeah. Over twenty years later, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is just as popular, if not more, than it was upon its release. According to fan ratings and audience scores, people seem pretty divided on whether or not this is a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Losers. <laughs> we all know that nothing will ever top the original 1966 special, but this film never really tried to replace anything. Instead, it gave audiences something completely different and unexpected. It's like a companion. Yeah. Yes. It's not like a replacement. Right. This version of Dr. Seuss's story is strange and visually darker than the original. It's filmed with references and jokes that might fly over a child's head, but will definitely entertain adults. (laughs) Jim Carrey brings out the relatability of the character, delivering incredibly quotable lines that remind us that there's a little Grinch in all of us. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. There truly Certainly. is. So let us wish you all a Merry Grinchmas and a Happy Who Year. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Oh. <laughs> we did it! Woo! Finish line. He's like, excuse me. He knocks another kid over. No child will defeat the, the Black Grace Diaries. Oh, Whoa, there you go. <laughs> Not that children were trying to defeat us, I guess. No, 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 All right, okay. everyone. Thank you for listening. That is going to be a season eight <gasps> closed. Good Woo! enough. Fine. That'll do. That'll <laughs> do. So thank you again very much for listening. We hope you had a great Christmas, and we We wish you a happy new year as well. If you'd like to listen to all of our previous episodes, blackcasediaries.com is the place to go. As well as all your favorite podcast platforms are on pretty much all of them. And also on YouTube now. So if you want to listen on YouTube, you can do that too. New episodes go up right away, and we're slowly going through the backlog of putting all the old ones up. So they will be there eventually, but brand new ones are there right away. And before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, John, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Bob, and Jacob. Thank you. We thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed the extended version of this episode. Yes. If you would like to become a patron... Patreon.com slash Black Case Diaries. And that's that. And that's, that's that. All. That's yeah, all, folks. That's all. Thank you so much. We'll see you in season nine.
That's really mature, saying exactly what I can. <laughs> 